lead us in. Uh, we're going to sing two songs back to back now before hearing from Exhausse uh, and the testimony of how God has changed his life. Uh, the first song is number 157, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And this song focuses again our minds off of ourselves. The great gift of God we receive is not because of anything we have done, but in spite of it. As a result, verse 3 sings out, I will not boast in anything. And later on, the cry of our undeserving but thankful hearts is, why should I gain from his reward? Paul in Romans 3 speaks of the mechanism of our justification being through faith in what Jesus has done on the cross rather than what man can do. He says in Romans 3, what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. After how deep the Father's love for us, but continuing the theme, we'll sing the song by faith. This song is inspired heavily from the great chapter of faith, Hebrews 11. Faith being trust or assurance, specifically in the person of Jesus, his promises and character. We have reason for such assurance, for God has a proven track record, both in our lives so far and in history. As Hebrews exhorts in the ensuing chapter, let us sing this song in our hearts, looking with the eye of faith to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So let's stand and sing both these songs, one after the other. How deep the Father's love for us and by faith, and then exhausted will come and speak to us. Yeah. 
And thank you to the band for leading us in worship so well this evening. Um, as Ben mentioned, um, I'm going to invite Exosse Sadisa to bring us his testimony this evening. Um, Exosse is a second year student here at Queen's and has, hugely, has been hugely involved in the church during his year and a half with us, which is very much appreciated by um, all the church family here. And we look forward to what you have to share with us this evening, Exosse, and the time is over to you. Thank you very much, Alex. It's really a blessing to be here in Crescent Church. And um, as you will learn very soon in my story, that it was part of God's plan that I am here today with you. Today I'm here to tell you about the goodness of God, how God has transformed me, uh, shown his power and grace in my life. I'd like to take you today on my journey, uh, a little summary, really a summary of my walk with Jesus Christ. But before we dive right into it, I'd like to ask everyone in the room to ask themselves this question. Why do you believe? Imagine someone posed you that question. Why do you believe in Jesus Christ with all the evidence of science, advances in technology? Do we still need God? Today, my story is one that can give you hope, that can give you an evidence of, of the existence of someone greater than you and me, a loving and perfect King, Jesus Christ. We all come from different backgrounds, different upbringings, different ways of life, and the fact that you are here today, alive today, is a big testimony of the goodness of God. Being alive is a testimony to show that God does care for us. I would like to ask you again this question. We've all got a story to tell due to our different upbringings, different ways of life. What is the highlight of your story? Think about that moment in your life that you achieved something impressive, something remarkable. Maybe it was graduating from university or starting that dream job, for example, or meeting that special someone and starting a family. It could be a moment that you overcame a certain challenge in your life. Today, however, my story is not one that I did something impressive, but about how the Lord has shown his favor upon my life, about something, about how God has shown his power and has transformed me from the inside out. My story, uh, in some extent, our journey today starts in a town called Kinshasa, in as the capital of the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, in Central Africa. That's where I was born. I am the third born in a family of four with two elder sisters and one younger sister. That basically summarizes the type of banter we had in our house. Uh, I remember there was a time I painted my nails a few times. I wanted, I wanted my ears pierced because my sisters were getting theirs pierced. Uh, but thank be to God, I turned out okay. At least... I hope I did. Um, by the time I was born, both my parents were Christian for some years, which basically means I grew up with a Christian background and influence around me. At some point in life, I lived the routine of going to church on Sunday, not giving any thought about God the whole week and until the next Sunday. This was when I was yet to encounter God on a personal level. As a family, we did experience the hills and valleys of life, ups and downs financially, the loss of close family members, it wasn't always easy for us. But from a young age, our parents 
will tell us all the stories of how God brought them out of certain challenges in the past in order to encourage us and would have hope of a better life. At the age of 10, my family moved to Botswana, a country in southern Africa, uh, for a professional purpose. My dad got a new job in Botswana, so the whole family moved. This was a new chapter in my journey because of the new environment, the new life, the new friends, the new church, a new life in general. Now, when we moved out to Botswana on a personal level, it felt like that was when my personal walk, my personal journey with God began. It reminds me of the story of of Moses. Moses received his calling, his purpose, not when he lived in Egypt, but when he was in a foreign land. Sometimes it takes a change of environment for God to give you a purpose and to fully use you. Botswana was then the new place, the new environment I got to experience God on a personal level. The Lord had blessed us tremendously in this new place, but it wasn't always easy. If you have moved from one country to another, you can probably relate um, to some of the challenges it carries. The first few months were very challenging, especially when we started going to school. So Botswana is an English-speaking country, and in French, we speak French. I mean, in Congo, we speak French. Um, So learning English from scratch was a very, very difficult task. Uh, So if you hear a little bit of French in my accent, please do bear with me. Um, We joined the class in the last three months of the academic year in 2011. But the friends that I got to make as I got into the new school were very helpful that they really helped me to get accustomed to the school. I actually met a fellow Congolese in the school. Out of three classes, I didn't know why I was put in that specific class and met this guy who could speak French to me and help me um, with my daily work. With my English being very poor at that time, it felt like a blessing to have a friend who also spoke my mother tongue. Really, by God's grace, I gained favor before my teachers. I would get extra time during my exams. Or they would call me to their desk so they could explain the questions in a much simpler form so I could understand. Something that wasn't really done for other students who might be, who might have been struggling too. Even in the smallest of issues during that period, God was showing me that he was interested in me on a personal level. I managed to catch up and pass the exams. Before I received Christ, my life was kind of a cycle. I attended to church without any commitment because my parents were Christian. It wasn't out of my own will. I lived under my parents' commitment, under their faith in a way. On a personal level, I didn't have a strong perspective of what sin meant. Um, I was one to get upset quite easily, as my sisters often pointed out to me. I had a short temper in a way. It's not like I was getting drunk or killing or stealing, but even though I didn't commit those sins, I was still a sinner. As the Bible says in John 8:24, I told you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. By good works alone, even as a pastor's kid, trying to behave well, trying to be a good boy. Good works weren't going to save me. According to this verse, knowing Jesus is the only way to be saved. I was a person 
in need of God's transformation from the inside out, in my way of thinking, in my attitude. And I remember this day very clearly on the 18th of November 2011 at a prayer service at church. It was on a Friday. At the end of the prayer meeting, the pastor read the very common verse in um, Revelation 3, verse 20, which says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The pastor commented, if you believe and accept him, he will come to your heart and dwell. Those words sank on a different level in my spirit, if you believe. And in that moment, I asked myself, do I believe? That is a question I think most of us have asked themselves before. Do I actually believe? Because as a pastor's kid, those Bible stories weren't foreign to me. But I think that's what I lacked, a personal belief in Jesus Christ. Then in that moment, I took a decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. According to Revelation 3.20 and John 1 verse 12, which says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Salvation is for everyone, yet to all. Even as someone who tried his best to always behave well, we are all in need to be saved. For we've all fallen short of God's standards. If you believe in Jesus, this is the message, if you believe in Jesus and receive him, you will be saved. That was one of the most important achievements of my life, receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. From then, I started to build a personal relationship with God at an intimate level. It wasn't only because my parents went to church that I would follow them, but it was out of a personal commitment. The stories from my parents, the blessing of God upon our family, my own experience with God caring for me contributed to speed up my spiritual growth. God started to become real in my life. It was more than just a feeling of the hype of the moment. He was real. A year and a half down the line, life took a drastic turn. Just when you think the story is starting to light up. Um, I started noticing a certain pain on one of my knees. I didn't really fall or couldn't remember at all injuring myself. The pain increased and I decided to take it to the attention of my parents. We decided to go to the hospital and the first x-rays showed no injury. I thought it was probably nothing serious. Um, but because of the continuing pain now on both knees, it became serious and we uh, recommended to consult a specialist um, after an MRI scan. I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis, which is a degenerative bone disease. Due to the severe injury of the cartilage, we were advised to go for knee surgery as soon as possible. If left untreated, it will get worse with time. According to the medical doctors, it could lead to amputation of the leg if the if the infection spread, and I could become disabled. This was a big pause in my life. I was troubled by the news, uncertainties, 
doubt, fear all ramping through my mind, not knowing what the, the outcome of this situation will be. It can be scary to be in a, in a situation of uncertainty. Up until that point, I, I lived under my parents' faith, under their commitment. But this time, it was time for me to show my own faith. We were given an appointment to show up in a couple of weeks for surgery. The fear was that that kind of surgery sometimes does not always succeed, according to other doctors. But we went home, and I remember my dad telling me that he was convinced that we were going to pray and believe that God was going to do something instead of taking the risk. As a boy who grew up in a, in a Christian household, stories of God healing someone were not foreign to me. From Bible stories and past experiences that my parents had. But it, it felt different. Because this time it was my turn. When you're in the position, trust me, it does feel different. I never experienced something like this before. Whenever you hit a pause in life due to different circumstances, you, you begin to appreciate the little things of life. I remember one day just thinking, who knew walking without pain could be such a blessing? I appreciated walking without pain even more than I ever did before. And I remember one day in my bedroom just thinking, I, I never thought or even imagined something like this ever happening to me. I was hit with the unexpected. How do we handle the unexpected in our lives? Do we go down in a rant about how life is unfair? Do we curl ourselves in our bed and worry all day? Or do we decide to trust God? In that moment, I said to God, I want to be able to walk without pain. Please, Lord. I remember making a vow to God. I said, Lord, if you heal me, I will treasure the ability to be able to walk and use it to preach your gospel wherever you may send me. And I remember just bursting out in tears. There in that little room, I believed the Lord heard my prayer. I believed the Lord heard my cry. The Lord does hear us when we pray. For he knows the deepest parts of our hearts. After making the promise to God, I sought him in prayer and worship and praising him. And the Lord began to unlock certain things in me that I didn't know I could, I could do. I started learning the, the piano and the drums. So when you see me next time, it was out of a very dark time that I learned to play the drums and the piano. And it was really a blessing that I discovered. The Lord just began to bless me in different ways. I learned the, the instruments. I picked it up quite easily compared to, um, to others and began to lead worship at church, to serve God in the church. I had found great joy and I was content. My prayer began to change. It was no longer, God, if you heal, it had changed to, even if you don't, I would still use the gift that you have given me for your glory. There's a beautiful song that some of you might know by Mercy Me called, Even If I Highly Recommend, that you give it a listen. The first time I listened to it a couple of months ago, it, it hit differently because I could relate to a lot of things in that song. And that was me in that moment. I fully put my trust 
in God, in his power and his love for me. We as a family continue to pray and fast so that we could see the hand of God. And here's the good news. What was supposed to be a degenerative disease was completely healed after a few months without surgery. I could start to play football, basketball, things I was no longer able to do because of the excruciating pain. I think Alex can testify to the fact that I'm probably top three in Monday night football. But um, the point is, I was healed. I was able to walk without pain. I was able to play sport, enjoy being a young boy again. The power of the living God. Able to reach down to the damaged bones and restore what had been destroyed. My faith was revived even more because I had experienced God in a personal level. This was no longer just a story that I read in the Bible or something that my parents told me about. I had experienced the power of God for myself. God had shown favor upon me and my family. Maybe there's something that you've been praying about. It could be for yourself, for your spouse, for your children, for a colleague, or for a friend. I want to encourage you today to keep faith, to keep believing and praying. For we serve a living God, a God who cares and listens to our prayer, a God who is present. He's not just a deity. He is intimate and longs for a relationship with his creation. Jesus, the name above every other name, nothing can stand against. No sickness, no disability, no mental state, nothing can stand against. Let us be a people of faith who trust God in our moments of uncertainty. Let us rely on him and be sensitive to his word and direction for our lives. For we've all got a different story. But the nature of God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. As we sang earlier on, it is by faith that we'll see the hand of God. It has not been a smooth life ever since, but I rest assured that I will live at the end of it all for the current life, even for the life ahead. The Lord has done even more ever since. Because of time, we'll not be able to cover them all. But before I close, I would just like to say that there are certain things that we go through in life, not only for our benefit, but also for the people around us, that they will see what the Lord has done in our lives, and hopefully an aspect of it will attract them to Christ. Let us trust in God. I would have never imagined that one day I'll be in Northern Ireland, here in Crescent Church, even not even in my wildest dreams, the way I got my admission after five denied university applications with other universities. I finally got admitted to Queen's University, getting a visa at the last minute. Some other colleagues who had also applied got denied, but God had opened a door for me. I believe that the Lord has me here in this new place for a reason. God has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for your life. And I give God the glory for all he has done and all he will do. If you'd like to have a chat after the service, I'll be more than happy to do so. 
any questions you may have, I'll be more than happy to answer them or if you want some more details. But this is my story. And I believe God is continuing to write my story as I journey on, as I journey on this earth with him for, the, for his glory. God bless you. And thank you to Exalce for sharing that wonderful story of how God has worked in his life. And I'm sure, as he mentioned, um, if you would like to talk to him, I'm sure he'd be delighted to speak to you after the service. Um, and just a reminder that after the service, um, through the doors down to my right, um, there's tea and coffee served in the cafe. And it would be great if you could stay behind for some fellowship together. Just to close our service, I'm going to invite Ben and the band to lead us in one final hymn. And after this, Patrick Scott will close our service in prayer. So after um, Ben and the band lead us in a, a song and Patrick closes, our service will be over. Our closing hymn is a gentle but powerful hymn of assurance. It's a faithful one. Uh, and we should reflect on the sharp contrast in this song of our helplessness in the storms of life, yet God's constancy, as Exhausty was talking about, and rescue, for he is the rock of ages. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. As Paul reminds us in Second Timothy, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Our assurance is the surest anchor because it's planted in the most unyielding thing in the universe, the character of God. Only if we could drink dry, the oceans of God's omnipotence would be of reason to fear. So let's stand to sing this last hymn with complete assurance, faithful one.
Let us close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We lift our eyes up to you, O Lord, because our help comes from you. We look forward to the new year and ask that you may guide us in the good times and the hard times. As we look back on 2019, we thank you for the good times and the reasons to celebrate. Lord, let what we have discussed bear fruit in our lives and in other people. We confess that we are sinners and are in need of redemption and forgiveness. As we leave this place, we put our trust in you because we know you are always with us through the good times and the hard times. We hope continually in you and praise you more and more. May we tell of your righteousness as we leave this place and even when we come back. Help us to abide in your word and let it guide us in all we do. We shall continue to look up to you because we know that you are our shepherd and we shall not lack anything. In Jesus' name we believe and pray. Amen.